Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus told them a parable, then Jesus told them a parable about the need to pray always and to not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to, the, to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You all may be seen. I invite our children forward. Understanding the role of judges and widows of the ancient Near East is crucial in seeing the significance of this parable before us to say in the power of this text. In the ancient Near East, the duty of a judge was to maintain harmonious relationship between the people by settling disputes. Widows were often placed into a weird limbo after the death of their husbands by society. They could not work, and they could not also inherit their husband's estate. The estate would pass a descendant's son or brothers. And it was their job to ensure that the widow was taken care of. As you can imagine, this was not often the case, and widows would often take their disputes to judges in order to find justice and, quite frankly, be able to live. Judges played an integral role in maintaining the wealth and welfare of the last, lost, least little, and lifeless portions of the population. In Deuteronomy 1, 16-17, it says, I charge you, judges, at that time, give the members of your community a fair hearing, and judge rightly between the one person and another, whether citizen or alien. You must be partial in judging. Hear out the small and the great alike. You shall not be intimidated by anyone, for the judgment is God. Meaning... When a judge passed down judgment, it was the same as if God passing down judgment. The judges spoke on behalf of God, so it was vital that they were blameless, fair, and rooted in God's ways. The judge's responsibility within the covenant community was therefore to declare God's judgment and establish shalom, establish peace among God's people. And God's ways, my brothers and sisters, involved the care of widows. Involves the care of orphans and foreigners because of God's role in the liberation of Israel from Egypt. As Deuteronomy 24 says, You shall not deprive a resident alien or an orphan of justice. You shall not take a widow's garment and pledge. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore I command you to do this. The word of God is clear in this regard. God will vindicate the widows and the orphans. Therefore, those who abuse such powerless persons 
will surely suffer God's judgment. And the church has heeded this word from God. And we have tried to continue in this, in this great condition, tradition of care for the widows. In the early church, they were high, held high, had a high place of honor among the Christians. St. James writes in his letter, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unsustained by the world. In our gospel, Luke has multiple stories involving widows in both the gospel, volume 1, and in the book of Acts, volume 2. We have Anna holding the newborn Christ, the raising of the widow's son in the city, in the town of Nain, the raising of Dorcas in the book of Acts. And these are just to name a few. We also have Jesus' words on the subject of widows. In, in Luke 20, verse 47, he says, Those who devour widows' houses will receive a greater condemnation. According to the New Testament writers, you do not want to mess with widows. Now with all that said... We have a parable before us this day where one character clearly messes with a widow. The judge is completely unfit for his position. He was not blameless. He was not fair. And he was not rooted in God's ways. He was far from it. One has to wonder why he remained a judge. It must be tiring to hear cases all day and not feel compelled to do anything about it. He has no fear of God. And according to the wisdom traditions of the Hebrew Bible, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Because he has no fear of the Lord, this man is a fool. He is a foolish judge. He's arrogant and friend to no one other than himself. I doubt he would do anything for anyone other than himself. There's another parable just like this one in the, in the book of Luke. In the gospel according to Luke. That has a character who is somewhat similar to the foolish judge. The man is asleep and in bed with his children when his friend knocks on his door late one night. Looking for bread to feed, bread to feed his unexpected guests. The man in bed says, do not bother me. The door has already been locked. My children are in bed with me. I cannot give up, get up to give you anything. The same word that we translate as bother. Kapos in Greek, is used in the parable before us today when the judge says, she keeps bothering me. I believe Luke wants us to, again, think about the persistence of prayer. Both parables end in a similar way. Both people who come to seek help receive the help they have asked for because of their persistence. Both parables have a sim similar ending except one notable difference in Luke 18. It's context. The context we find the unjust judge is different than in Luke 11. In many ways, Luke 11 deals with prayer in general. Jesus gives us a prayer that we might say when we have no other words to say. Luke 17, though, deals with a specific need. Prayers for the kingdom of God to be made fully known. And one way God's kingdom is, breaks into our world is through the care of widows. Through the care of the last, the lost, the least, the little, and the lifeless. Notice how Luke has been building up to this point in the gospel. In Luke 17, we have the disciples begging Jesus to increase their faith because the idea of forgiving someone 77 times, or infinity, tends to tire even the most devout disciples of Jesus out. Then in the next pericope, Jesus finds faith in a Samaritan leopard, and Jesus says, your faith has made you well, your faith has saved you. 
two pericopes dealing with faith from the least likely sources. Jesus concludes the parable before us today asking, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? In order to answer this question from Jesus, we, the reader, must be ready to profess a faith like that of the persistent widow who demands justice and the pious widow who prays night and day. We must be a church not only willing to call out injustice, but willing to act to ensure that those who find themselves in unjust situations find peace and security here. We must be a church who is on the side of the widows, the the orphans, the foreigners, the last, the lost, the least, the little, and the lifeless. Because this is where our Lord dwells. Our Lord does not dwell with unjust judges of the world. Our Lord has no time for their foolishness. Our Lord has no time for people who are not, who are not concerned with the powerless. Our Lord is with those who have no voice, who have no power. And our Lord will take the mighty down from their thrones and lift up the lowly. Every time we see those who practice justice for the least of these, this is a sign of God's coming kingdom into our world. One area that I think we struggle with as a society, even today, is care for widows. In my ministry, I find it to be a huge struggle to meet the needs of those who have lost a beloved spouse. How do you provide pastoral care while at the same time providing needs to the rest of the flock? There are only so many hours in a day Priorities need to be made. And as years go by, we as a church will find ourselves with many people losing a spouse. As the baby boomers generation continues to increase in age, it's only a matter of time we have a large group of people living among us as widows and widowers. While many of the economic factors of being a widow from the time of Jesus have been removed, there are still many things that we can and should be doing for widows. Because ministry to these individuals is a way for us to glimpse the coming kingdom of God. We bring the kingdom of God to earth when we care for the widows and widowers. We bring the kingdom each and every time we as individuals phone and check in on those who have lost a spouse. We bring the kingdom each and every time we ensure that the widows and widowers are not forgotten in our prayers and in general. And that is important to remember as we do ministry in this community, in this time, in this season, in the kingdom. Where do our priorities lie? Where are we directing our attention? Where should we be working to ensure that this portion of our population are well cared for? Because this cannot solely fall on the office of pastor. This has to be a group effort, as it always has been in the church. As you think about where you see yourself in the ministry of St. John's over the next year, as you complete those covenants, as you do the hard work of creating a faith spending plan for the coming year, consider ways we might care for the widows. Ministry to the youth, to the care of our property, to singing in the choir, to our education ministries, to feeding others, to our social ministry programs. So they are all holy things that we should be doing. Consider in addition to these things how we might care for the widows. Consider how we might care for the orphans. Consider how we might care for the last, the lost, the least, the little, and the lifeless. How are we bringing the kingdom of God to our community, my brothers and sisters? Consider how you, how you might be able to bring the kingdom of God to people who need God the most. 
And my brothers and sisters, when you do this holy work, you will see that God has already been there for a long time. You will meet God in this holy endeavor. So how shall we answer our Lord's question this day? What will the Son of Man find when he returns? Will he find a world where the needs of the widows, the orphans, the last, the lost, the least, the little, and the lifeless are ignored? Or will he find a world where the church is caring for these individuals? What will the Son of Man find when he returns?